Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast. In this episode, we'll be discussing March's pick, Blood of Elves by Andre Sapkowski. I'm Jeanette. I'm Susan. And I'm Meredith. Earlier this month, we discussed book adaptations on streaming services, so make sure you check out episode 77 for that conversation. But now, let's jump into this month's book discussion. Hooray! Blood of Elves! Yay! <laughs> Fantasy, violence, <laughs> all that fun stuff. Um, so let me just do a short summary. Um, Geralt of Rivia, the cunning assassin known as the Witcher, has been waiting for the birth of a prophesied child. This child has the power to change the world for good or for evil. As the threat of war hangs over the land and the child is hunted for her extraordinary powers, it will become Geralt's responsibility to protect them all. And the Witcher never accepts defeat. And just as a note, the Witcher series does not go in chronological order. So we read Blood of Elves, which is book one, just of the series. This is not the beginning of the journey. <laughs> um, because there is a chronological order out there that you can read if you want to go in chronological order. We did not do that. <laughs> we just got book one. <laughs> so anyways, uh, what did you ladies know going into this book, especially since, you know, you see that preview of Henry Cavill on Netflix. <laughs> oh, Henry Cavill. <laughs> um, sure that's, all, that's all I know. <laughs> that is all I know about The Witcher is Henry Cavill, and that's all I need to know. Um, I, had never, I had never heard of the books um, until, you know, the Netflix show came out and everybody was freaking out about it. And then since then, I have found out that it is, you know, based on books. And then there was also a video game. Mm -hmm. So kind of interesting. But I am here for Henry Cavill. That's a fair reason to be here for. So, you know, <laughs> no judgment here. <laughs> How about you, Jeanette? Um, I actually have read The Last Witch, which is the first, it's the actual first book in the series, and I think it was written first. Um, it's a collection of short stories that kind of introduce, introduces The Witcher, and I read that for my cousin's book club last year, I think. And so I actually had a lot of the background knowledge going into this book. Um, I also knew that it was a popular video game, and and I've known that for a while and so I and while we were reading that book, we knew that the Netflix adaptation was coming out. So, you know, when this got when this book got picked for book club, I felt like I was like, oh, wow, I have a lot of this like background knowledge because I did like the reading of the background knowledge when I was reading it the last yeah. week, last year. So I kind of knew a little bit about it. Um, I, I, as a note, I'll probably pronounce the witcher's name differently because apparently it's pronounced differently in the video game than it is on Netflix. And I got my pronunciation from my brother who's a gamer. So, <laughs> so why would they do this, that? This will be such know. an interesting conversation. I'm excited. <laughs> so I'm talking about the same people. I'm just talking about them from a, a gamer's perspective because my brother's in our book club. <laughs> right. So we'll hear the, what we have. Oh, go ahead. No, but yeah, so how would you say them then? Um, so the Witcher, his name is Geralt, and the way that it's pronounced in the video game, apparently. And 
I understand that Dandelion's name is also pronounced differently some places. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was in the same boat as you, Meredith. Like, not much. Like, I... You know, I was talking to my husband about it, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's a huge gamer following. I was like, really? <laughs> so that was... Who knew? That, that, was, that was about it. Um, was it a game first? I can't remember. No, it was a it was a book okay. first. And then... Um, so funny story from what I can find on the internet is that um, the author wrote it as a book. He sold... Um, he sold the creation of video game rights kind of thing. He sold the rights to um have this video game made but i guess he didn't really think it was going to be a big Mm. thing when it became a video game and so these games got huge in popularity and he kind of became angry about it because i guess he had it cut a good deal (laughs) when he wrote when he sold the rights because he didn't think it was going to be a sure so how many times has that happened to creators you know like authors like selling rights for nothing because they're like oh it's whatever like it'll be fine and then it becomes like this huge thing (laughs) right and that's the only reason why it's like kind of i guess a funny story but like um but also i i heard that they that they recently like now that there's a netflix show and the everything's a lot more like mainstream now that he's been working on a new deal so it's gonna turn out well i hope i hope so (laughs) i hope for him right yeah. Well, and at but, least like we mentioned in the last episode, it what the publishers putting out like 500,000 more print copies mm-hmm. of the books. Yep. So, right. Hopefully he's at least got a good deal on his royalties for the books. Right. Hopefully. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, hopefully it's an all's well that ends well situation. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> um okay, so when you when you started reading and through the book, what was one thing that stood out to you? So for me, there there was a couple things that really did stand out to me, but I'm going to rant about them in one of your other questions. <laughs> um, so for for this, I think for at least what I would consider that this would be like a high fantasy, you know, um, it was so short. Right. I, you know, it was like 316 pages for this first book. Yeah. So that was interesting. That's that yeah. is. I'm um, to me. I think what stood out was that, like, despite the fact that it is 300 in my book, it, it's um, a little bit more than 300 or close to 400 pages, something like that. But um, it's how very little happened. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, and I, it, that sounds really bad, but it's that there's not a lot of time passes over the course of this book. So interestingly. Oh, like in every chapter and there's like each chapter is super super long every chapter the characters are like in the middle of something there's like an intense conversation happening or there's a journey happening but at the end of each chapter not a whole lot has progressed in the overall story and so yeah. like at by the end it doesn't feel like more than maybe a few months or a year has gone by in the entirety of the story so it's like how very little happens and how little time passes, despite the fact that you're reading hundreds of pages mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. conversation and conflict. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we're just going to dive right on here because <laughs> one of my things, it, it stood out to me because it was at the end, was how the ending fell flat for me. Um, oh yeah, it was not a cliffhanger. This it was like a very 
low grade slope on a beach, like a Key West beach, <laughs> you know, like you, you can just walk out for like a mile and the water's only up to your thighs, you know, <laughs> like it just didn't like grip me. I'm like, it just was like, uh, what? <laughs> like, I don't know. It just, yeah. Flat. It didn't feel really like an ending, mm-hmm. at least not an ending to a book, maybe an ending to a chapter. Right. <laughs> and with it being as short as it was, I mean, I, I was excited to see that we were reading a fantasy that was not 600 pages. But then when I got to the end, it almost felt like half a book. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it really felt like it could have used a couple hundred more pages to really flush it out because otherwise this really just felt like, well, like Jeanette was saying, not a lot happened. It just felt like that this was more of an introduction or like a setup for the rest of the series. Right. But it was a book. Right. But and it, I, like, yeah. I guess for me, like going into, because going into it, you know, I knew that there's like five other books in this series. Like I didn't mind it ending that way like in a way i almost preferred this ending the way it ends versus like being left with a cliffhanger and having to decide whether or not i wanted to continue with the series because i'm not gonna lie like this book was fine and i didn't dislike it i liked it fine i don't know that i'm continuing with the series Mm -hmm. and so i like the way this ended because it gave me a very like it gave me a clear, this is where we're going next without making me feel like I had to keep reading. Okay. Um, and well, it happened to end fair. with two characters that I really enjoy. And so I'm like, okay, I, I can leave off here and feel pretty satisfied. Hmm. Yeah, so. that's fair. Um, so that's like for me, um, that part of the formatting was kind of iffy to me. Um, what other formatting things did you – or um, did you like or not like about the book? Especially this was a translated book. Um, and I know in our IRL discussion, like people had thoughts about the format. <laughs> yeah, that that's one of the things that I, I, I want to rant about a little bit. <laughs> Meredith's ranting um, corner. <laughs> all right, sitting back. Um, so so one, one part of it is with the format and then one part might be more due to the translation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's start with the format. Like Jeanette said, these are very long chapters. This whole book only has seven chapters. Mm-hmm. And that is just not a thing that I like. I don't like chapters that are hundred, like, you know, 50, 60 pages or whatever that take like an hour to read. I, I like my little chunks. I like to be able to feel like, oh, I can read a chapter or two and put it down mm-hmm. and not be like, oh gosh, well, do I have an hour to read this chapter <laughs> right. or not? Totally. Once you sit down, you're invested. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so within those long chapters, this, this book was written as like a third person point of view, but it was a close third. So you're sometimes getting people's thoughts. So you're, you're still seeing the story kind of through one character's viewpoint as it goes. But it keeps switching different between the different characters with no warning during these chapters. And again, that is not something I'm a fan of. And they didn't even use the three asterisks thing, you know, like put, put something there to let me know that a change is coming or time has passed or something. Give, give me something here. Like I need yeah. something. It's important. Don't just, yeah. yeah you, don't just go from one paragraph to another. Mm-hmm. Did you read it in print or on Kindle? Kindle. 
Okay, because in the print copy that I had, there's like a break between paragraphs when they're switching mm-hmm. points of view and they're switching things. Um, I feel like that's not enough. I don't know if enough. that doesn't exist in the Kindle. It was – I mean, like it's a wide break. Right. So you could tell. Like I felt like I could stop many places. Like, so like I would read mm. chunks of the chapters and mm-hmm. I would be like, okay, there's a big break coming. They're clearly going to change a point of view or they're going to change storylines right now. So I knew that like right there I could put like – a bookmark. The sections of those in the chapters still felt a little long sometimes, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. not as quite as unevenly long as like a 50 page chapter here or a 75 page chapter. There. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. in in the Kindle version, it might have been like a, the tiniest bit different than a regular, you know, space, but it was yeah. not enough to necessarily be like, this is definitely like I'd look at it and like I'd start the next sentence and be like okay i think this is a different point of view you know like but it it wasn't as obvious and like if you're gonna do that within chapters like please just do something yeah Um, they should have made it more obvious when formatting it for kindle mm -hmm. because it was it was very clear in the print one i mean i had other like i had other gripes with it but (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i guess that's good to know with the book at least and you know formatting changes with different versions i guess um but one thing that is i cannot blame on the formatting (laughs) and we had this discussion of whether this was translation based or if Mm -hmm. it maybe is just i don't know but all right so let me start (laughs) one of the things that bugs me in a book is when a word is overused sure and I don't mean like the or and or, you know, things that you have to use, but like a specific word. And so I noticed very, <laughs> I noticed very early on <laughs> that the word very was being overused. And once I see it, I can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. And so I just spent the whole time noticing every time the word very was used. And so they would describe things as very good or very bad. This This woman is very pretty or... Uh, Geralt, Geralt was very angry or very happy, you know, instead of using better adjectives. And of course, because I'm me and I had the Kindle version, I did a word search. <laughs> and and so the Kindle version is 316 pages. The word very was used 135 times <laughs> in 316 pages. That's so many. <laughs> That's at least... So like once every other page yeah. or something like yes. that? Yes. Every other page, <sighs> the word very was used. So I'm not, I am not over-exaggerating when I say I, the word I was wondering how you got used. that number when I was looking yeah. at the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Kindle is great for things yeah, like that. It's so funny. <laughs> it's, I, it has and to so, be translation. I mean. Right. Um, yeah. Because we were talking about that. We're like, none of us know Polish. Like maybe it has something to do with like their descriptors or you know however the polish language is written but then still is that is that a, a translator that's being too i don't know what what's the word i'm looking for like too on the nose mm-hmm. too literal right as opposed to writing it where the english audience will enjoy it more <laughs> i don't know um i don't know i mean but it, it takes skill for sure to translate properly because you can't Mm -hmm. you can't just translate the words you know because then the um everybody has every culture 
has like idioms and phrases to their mm-hmm. own culture. So if you translate those, it's like some bizarre translation if you do it literally, you know? Right. right. Not to mention like in a fantasy world where you're yeah. creating things and making things up. Exactly. Like you have to come up with a, a translation that expresses this thing that you've created. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that too. I noticed a lot of repetition of words. Very didn't come up on my list. <laughs> Pirouettes did. There's one battle scene where Gerald p- does Pirouette. a pirouette uh, like four times oh, in the so many of, like, two paragraphs. And I'm like, there's got to be a different word for turn. But maybe they just didn't have it. Like, I don't know. Um, but the Witcher I, School I, for Ballet. <laughs> I mean, it expresses, and I, I kept trying to remind myself, like, when you use the word pirouette, you know, it has an association with ballet and dance. And so, like, it has um, the connotation of, you know, as he's fighting and moving, he's moving gracefully. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that about it. I just felt like there, like there was a lot of situations like that where the same word would be repeated in close succession. And... But other than that, to me, it it read very much like the beginning of a fantasy epic. And so it read very classically, like, fantasy Mm epic-y. So Mm -hmm. perhaps with Mm -hmm. slightly longer chapters. Right. For (laughs) for me, there was a lot of ebb and flow. Um, The the pacing was a little clunky for me. Um, Because, hey, this exciting thing happened on this journey. And then, like, he's on a barge reading letters and having a conversation with a scholar about monsters in the river. <laughs> like, <laughs> went on for so long. I'm like, oh, my God, why is he having this conversation with this man? <laughs> like, stop yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, uh, that barge scene mm-hmm. went on a long time. Yeah, and it didn't <laughs> yeah. need to be that long, you know. I could have used more about, like, the journey so you can see more of the world and, like, kind of get to know the, the doors that um, – he was traveling with i mean siri was having like an eye-opening experience i would have loved to have more of that you know um you know that having that debate about you know picking sides and um and her being like, well why aren't you picking this side how come you pick no sides you know it's like that's interesting and that that wasn't very long (laughs) um yeah i felt i actually felt and maybe you know I, I felt like some of the conversations actually went on too long for me. So I was always like glad when something ended up happening. Right. And I think because some of it was supposed to be humorous, like when they're having the conversation about the monsters on the barge and this monster can't possibly exist. It's like, <laughs> okay, but it does. Um, like those kinds of conversations, I think they're mo- meant to like set a scene and they're most supposed to like, you know, kind of relax you in that it, right, you know, that false sense of security before the adventure starts and stuff like that seems like that to me just kept going on like a little bit too long Mm -hmm. and then when in that same barge scene the um Geralt is about to be arrested and then there's an argument between guards well we're arresting him no we're arresting him and Geralt's like look everybody just back up you know they're arresting me (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> and it, I was like, again, this is going on for like a page too long. Mm-hmm. Like there's definitely conversations that I felt could have been cut, but I liked the ebb and flow. Other than that, it did um, in the short stories, it does have that same thing where it's like, you know, Gerald's riding along, you know, fighting, fighting a bad guy. And then the story kind of ends and it's very fairy tale-ish where like the pro like the problem or the mo- the monster's killed or the problem is solved and boom, that that's the end of the story. 
Mm-hmm. And then you go into mm-hmm. the next story and you start the build again. And this one had the same feel to me. And I think that that was okay with me because I kind of felt feel like this takes place in a fairy tale kind of fantasy world where there's darkness and there's bad guys and there's fighting. And then you solve a problem and then you move on to the next thing. It like it makes for a really slow build of the actual plot. But since yeah. they were actually not mm-hmm. tackling the actual plot. Right. In this that's book, what I was just thinking. I was like, but it's not really there. <laughs> yeah. Since they're not at tackling the actual plot in this book, I don't feel like, oh, man, I missed something because mm-hmm. we weren't going to get there until the next book anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I suppose. So. Still. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I don't I don't feel like I I didn't feel confused going into this book. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't read the short stories that right. took place beforehand. So I, I liked that I was able to still feel immersed in the world and understand what was going on. Um, but do you feel like you had any more information coming in, Jeanette, from reading the other, like, the short stories? Um, I I feel like I had a little bit more about how the characters related to each other. Because in the short stories, there's a lot of dandelion. Like, you don't get nearly as much dandelion in this book that you did in the short stories. He figures in two or three of the short stories. Mm. Okay. Um, And there's only, I want to say there's only, like, seven short stories in that book. So Like, seven chapters? he figures in, like... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he has a thing for the numbers. Um, But, yeah, it's... The way that one's set up is interesting because there's a short story framing device... So there's like five or six short stories and then there's a short story that appears between each story that's following along the entire hmm. time. Oh, um, okay. So and it fr- and it frames the like it bookends the beginning and the end um which is kind of cool. Um so you get a little bit more of the characters relationship to each other in that sense cuz Dandelion's in a couple of them. Yennefer's in one of them, maybe two. Or she might, I think she's in one and she's mentioned in a second one. But you don't really need it. Like the way the hints are dropped in Blood of Elves, like you can tell what the relationship between Gerald and Yennefer is. Even Uh, though that's something that like (laughs) begins in The Last Wish. You can tell how close Dandelion and Gerald are, even though like that's not a friendship that you get to see really fleshed out um, Mm -hmm. in this book. You get to Mm -hmm. see it more fleshed out in the other book. But, like, I don't feel like, oh, I knew everything about the characters. In fact, when I was reading that one, I felt like, I was like, am I sure this is the first book? Because it feels like I'm missing information about this world. Huh. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I I was like, maybe, so I thought thought going into Blood of Elves, I'm like, maybe I'll feel like I understand more about this world now that I have this background Mm. knowledge. And I felt pretty much... The same. I'm like, I have the same background knowledge either way. Right. Just now I know where the overall world is heading. Like, now I know the overall world is heading for a war. They've just come out of a war and they're heading for a war. Whereas in the short stories, I just kind of got... There's political stuff that's at, like, it's uneasy. There is unrest in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, you could tell that was happening, but it wasn't quite... As overt. Right. Well, that's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'll try the short stories. We'll see. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I do want to tackle something because 
when I hear other people, when I say, oh, yeah, I'm reading Blood of Elves, first book in the Witcher series, blah, 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 they're like, oh, you know, what do you think? Because, like, they keep saying it's just like your typical 80s, high fantasy, you know, just big burly man and the damsel in distress and, like, just lots of sex and violence. And I didn't get that with this book. Um, there were many moments where I was like, this feels contemporary for when it was, than when it was, the date it was published or the year it was published. Um, it feels more modern. It doesn't feel to me like an 80s high fantasy, you know, men only type of thing. Mm-hmm. Right? I agree. Yeah. I was so confused. Yeah, that, yeah, that is actually what I did feel in the short stories. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was very, like, old-fashioned, classic fantasy, sword-wheeling, badass dude, fighting, battles, saving people from monsters. Um, The women get, like, very little screen time. And like I said, it's very fairy tale-esque. So, like, Ciri's family shows up in one of the stories. Her her mother and her grandmother show up in one of the stories. Mm. But, like, they're... Like they're sitting around having dinner. Like it's not a you can tell how when the way she series grandmother is described in this book is like she's the lioness. She's powerful. She's amazing. She's sitting having dinner and like snapping at people. In this, <laughs> like you can't don't get a full sense of her power of her authority. And this one improved upon all of that. Like the supporting characters and especially the women much more fleshed out. The philosophical ar- arguments are explored in more depth. Like I said, the political situations way more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. So I think the author took the opportunity to use this longer story to flesh out the world, add depth to the characters, the world. And I think that it be- the whole series is benefiting from that because it does. It feels way more interesting, way deeper than the first book Mm. alone. Right. Yeah, I I do have to say that was one thing I did like about the book, that I felt like the the female characters had agency. They were pretty well-rounded. You know, Mm -hmm. they they got a fair amount of screen time. Because honestly, we didn't even see Geralt that much. Yeah. (laughs) He's like really Uh takes the stage in like two chapters, Mm -hmm. right? Like. And, um, like, one thing that I thought was super interesting that I feel like people have been having conversations about nowadays with, you know, fantasies and, like, these types of things where, like, you know, you go on these long adventures and treks. And it's, like, people tend to not talk about the fact that women would have to deal with periods on these long voyages and all these treks and, like, how, you know, like, what that actually does because it's a thing that happens to women on, you know, a monthly basis for the most part. Mm -hmm. What? Um, (laughs) Right? And it's addressed in here. I was not expecting it to be addressed with, you know, how Siri like, started her Mm -hmm. period when she's training with all these men and didn't know how to talk to them about it and then they didn't know what to do with Mm -hmm. it and then when Triss came she's like look this is what you need to do and (laughs) And it's addressed in the first chapter yeah yeah it's the very first chapter and that's like interesting yeah it it was cool yeah I really Um, appreciate even just like a nod to because you you read a lot where it's like oh I take this herb that is basically birth control, right? Like it suppresses my mm-hmm. period so I don't have to worry about it. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like that stuff does exist. So I appreciate that you mentioned it. So if like this, 
female character is going on this like six month long journey. She doesn't have to worry about her period, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. So I appreciate then, those little nods. I like this because Siri, you know, 12? She's 12? Yeah, right? I guess she's like 11. Yeah, 11 or something 12. around there. Yeah, so she's like experiencing it for the first time. And this is the awkwardness she's dealing with. And like, thank God for Triss or else those men would have had absolutely no clue, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, she's just <laughs> well, I also like that they, they give her a code for it. It's yeah. like, if she comes downstairs in a dress... You leave her alone. Right. So she doesn't have to talk about it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. she can just address it her way. Right. But, I mean, the men didn't even think of it, you know? Because Tris is like, haven't you noticed she's, like, super tired and, like, not quite focused and, like, feeling these emotions? And, like, they had no <laughs> clue. <laughs> you know she's been falling down more? Well, yeah. <laughs> like, because she's weaker. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, like... Because those things happen. That's true. Those things happen. You know, like yeah. we're more tired. Mm-hmm. We it's, are that, emotional. That is real life. Yeah. yeah. So I, I really appreciated that. And you don't, even nowadays, you really don't get a lot of that, you know? No. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, yay. This is, so yeah, when people are mentioning, oh, it's just so like macho-y, I'm like, I am so confused. Are we reading the same book? Because <laughs> clearly not. We have to read the first book to get that feel. <laughs> <laughs> macho man feel in the first yeah. book. <laughs> so, um, and this kind of, I wanted this to be a separate question because um, I found it interesting. Um, one of our friends brought it up in IRL was how was the racism handled in regards to human versus non-humans in this book compared to other fantasy books? Because I feel there is a difference. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was fairly contemporary in this book, too, um, when they're talking about, because what, like the the elves are kind of the, what, the bad elves from the other country are coming over and like Mm -hmm. causing all this ruckus and like we're in the the last war. And so now they don't know about the other non-humans in their country. Oh, can we trust them? Can we not? And then they're talking about, well, you know, do we just round them up and like keep them in a, you know, in a camp, you know, something like that. And, you know, it was definitely, I felt like it had a kind of a World War II feeling. Mm. Um, it made me think about the Japanese internment camps in the United States. And then um, one of our IRL uh, members also was like, well, you know, he is Polish, you know, like you have like the Jewish concentration camps and things like that, um, that could kind of be playing, you know, in his, you know, his psyche. Um, Cause I don't, I don't know how he's actually kind of old. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he lived through world war two, but he would have been growing up in the aftermath mm. of that in mm-hmm, Poland. Right. So yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, what I liked about it was that, you know, in other fantasy worlds, like Lord of the Rings, like it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, elves and dwarves, they don't trust each other and they don't get along. Like, and you see, you see that everybody just kind of accepts that that's the way it is. And, but at the same time, like they were kind of like, well, we all have to work together to save the world anyway. So, you know, you guys are going to have to like put your ax down or put your bow down and help Frodo or whatever. But, um, it's, I think there's more of a point made here. Like Gerald, like in particular, Gerald takes um, a minute, like makes a point of saying, if you take sides in these like racist feuds, you're kind of perpetuating this. And that's like, you're not looking at like the real 
problem. Like you have to actually address the real problems that people are worried about. Like, and like distrusting the, you know, distrusting the elves or distrusting the dwarves is going to lead to other problems that you are going to have to be worried about. Like, and mm-hmm. he, and I, I liked that these conversations happened that, that Gerald, you know, took the time to explain those things to Siri. Like, that she that he's like look i know you want to know why you know i trust these people when nobody else trusts these people or why i don't want to fight for these people when they they're saying they need help here's why and i like i i just liked that it was a conversation not a yeah this happens and it sucks but we'll deal with it right <laughs> like, not just like well this is the way it is mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah the the world is not made up of wizards and death eaters because <laughs> um, it's true and yeah it's true it wasn't like black and white right. right you definitely had the gray area yeah and i think the world especially now can benefit with some gray area you know it's just mm-hmm. everything is so black and white and like lit- literally almost everything cannot be black and white like there is this gray area that you have to address and I think they do that, especially in the first chapter, like you're listening in on the conversation of the people at the, at the pub, right? And like they're having conversations about the elves and what happened at the war. And it's like, well, this one guy's like, well, everybody has a little bit of elvish blood. Like we've always mixed together. And it's like, yeah, mixed race is a thing, you know, and they mm-hmm. have their own set of pro- problems if like people can tell that you look like an elf or whatnot, you know, um, like that kind of identity thing, like it matters for them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it shouldn't matter. <laughs> like <laughs> you, we all live in this world. We should all get along, you know, and work together, uh, which was interesting. Like you see more of the Lord of the Rings type of like racism and then coming together to save the world. Not really like everything mixed already and like just people being mistrustful all around. Um, and then, then you have like the dwarves being used by the man. I can't remember his name. Oh, the king. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Which is, that was sad. Awful. <laughs> that was messed up. That was really, yeah, really upsetting. It's like, Oh, okay. So now we saw like the regular people who have just their own suspicions, which is like, un, you know, understandable and, believable and then it's like there's the awful people <laughs> no yeah. like yes there's there's awful people but you know people try to make do everyday people they try to just live their lives so mm-hmm. um anyways to end on a lighter note <laughs> because there are several characters that you're introduced to in this book um who are your favorite? Because I'm going to find this interesting. <laughs> um, probably for me, it was Triss and Siri. Um, I liked how Triss came in and kind of like looked around. I was like, okay, I see what you guys are doing. And you are forgetting all of these basic things that you should know about children. <laughs> and, um and I just like how she kind of took charge and they're like, well, this we like, we have to train her this way, this way, this way. And she's like, yeah, I, I, I get that. I don't care. This is what you need to know about children. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, like, so I kind of love that. Not drugging I them. Love, I, <laughs> like, um, I liked, I would have liked Yennefer too. I liked her in the other book I read. I think I would have liked her too. I liked what little we got of her. I just don't think we got enough mm-hmm. of yeah. her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked that relationship that she and Siri were building. I liked how she, Siri's like, I don't like you. I don't trust you. And I'm kind of jealous of you because you know Gerald better than I do. And that, it's, that bugs me. And I like that she, like, she knew this. And she's like, this is not about him. This is about you. Do with it what you will. And I thought that was a really smart way to like handle Siri. Mm-hmm. Just be like, this is not about anything but what's going on with you right now. And, you know, and I like that Siri was written like a real kid. Mm-hmm. Like she was curious. Yeah. She was impulsive, yeah. but she was smart. And, yep. you know. Yep. I agree. I think she was written really well. And I also agree. I, I enjoyed what little we got of Yennefer um, and their, her and Siri's kind of like their talks and everything were, were fun. Uh, I really liked Dandelion. I would yes. love to see, I'd love to see the bard mm-hmm. come back and like just continue his hijinks and just being his crazy self. Um, I would like, yeah, I definitely read some short stories where it's just following him around. <laughs> well, I like, he, he, he brought in a little complexity to Dandelion because you're like, oh, he's just the bard and he just likes to party. But then one line came up was like yeah that's like the dilemma you know i would love to have a steady job and be comfortable but then i also love to travel like i'm so torn it's like that's a lot of people like they want to do these things but like they want to go out and do something cool and huge but then it's like oh steady job steady income like i kind of want to do that but not really it's like, <laughs> well, I also liked that you had the other side of him where he is kind of acting like a spy yeah. for the king. And, you know, like, and that's, I mean, it makes sense. He gets to travel around and people let him into places that others might mm-hmm. not be able to get into. And uh, so I think he could be a really interesting character to continue to follow in the series. Yeah, he was unexpectedly complex. It's like, I was mm-hmm. not expecting this. <laughs> um. But, I mean, I really like Siri. I enjoyed her. And I hope we get to, I don't know how, what the time span is of these series. But I hope we get to see her to be, like, a really good, strong young woman, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did like how when everybody was talking about their favorite characters, like, most of them were all the female characters. (laughs) It's like, yeah, yeah, that. Well, really, they got a lot of page time. Mm-hmm. Like we were saying, Geralt isn't even around that much. And like he was, I mean, he was fine. But, you know, I liked the women characters better. Sure. <laughs> Which is nice. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> yeah. he. Well, he is just so classically like sword wielding dude. Like it, there's not a whole lot more to him yet other than the, you know, very quick philosophical discussions he has with people. I was just thinking that. Um, I'm like, he clearly has a mind, you know, (laughs) like you see it. Yeah. He just, but that's not his, like, it's not his job to, you know, have these conversations, have those discussions. Mm -hmm. And like, he's very much, this is my job. This is my mission. This is what I'm doing. This is, I'm working towards this end goal. Mm -hmm. And I think the other characters have more flexibility to show those other sides of themselves. Um, even Dandelion, despite the fact that he's also playing a role and has a mission. But he was my favorite 
in the first book. So I'm like, yay. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I like, I, I, I liked that I could have new favorites. Sure. Like they grow. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So would you ladies recommend it? Did you like it? It's a series. I think we're all kind of mediocre and continuing. I feel like. Yeah. I, I mean, I certainly didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't love it. It, it was fine i guess like i had mentioned before there were things that irked me um (laughs) so i don't know if i would necessarily recommend it um i might go back and try the short stories and then see how i feel but again i have so much on my tbr already do i want to add another series Mm -hmm. (laughs) is is a difficult choice to make sometimes yeah maybe just stick with the tv show with this one (laughs) maybe yeah yeah, I mean, I liked it fine, you know. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything that was, like, amazing. It wasn't bad. It was, I liked it fine. Yep. It was. I don't know if I would recommend, I think I would recommend it. Because it's like, if you want something fun and easy to read and you like fantasy, like, check it out. Right? But, um yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I'm really on the fence with this one. And I mean, if in, if it's like, I have like some time before I have to read a book, maybe I'll borrow it from the library and listen to the audiobook or something. Mm-hmm. You know? That's true. I wonder if all the other books are as short as this one. I haven't looked um, that far I into it. I was at the bookstore because I had to pick up the book. Um, I feel like they were about the same. I think maybe... A little thicker, but not by much. And I think some copies were bigger than the copy that I had. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. not too much, I don't think. I don't think it's like a big change from like Sorcerer's Stone to Goblet of Fire, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I don't think it was that dramatic. So, um, okay. So I I guess we're all just kind of lukewarm. <laughs> I think <Yeah>. it's fine. <laughs> um, well, we're going into like... I wouldn't say darker, but more twisty, a little dark, a little mysterious, uh, kind of excited. The Secret Passages in a Hillside Town by Pazi Ilmari Jaskalainen. Um, we read Rabbitback Literature Society. Oh, man, how long mm-hmm. ago was that? Huh. Years uh, ago. About, years ago. <laughs> about four years yeah. ago. Um, and now this yeah. is his second book. So that's yeah being translated yep. into English. So yeah, and I, in fact, if you go back and um, if you go back and listen to our interview with him, he talks a little bit about this mm-hmm. book. Yeah, yeah, he was our first author interview, wasn't he? Yep. He was. That was a good yeah. interview. <laughs> it was. He was. He was fun. He was a lot of fun to talk he was. to. But yeah, he yeah. talks about this. Mm-hmm. So you know, you should go check that Definitely. out. Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. You should also check out our show notes at eclecticreaders.fireside.fm/slash seventy-eight. And you should come find us on the internet. As a podcast, we are on Goodreads, Litzy, and Instagram at Eclectic Readers, and on Twitter at Eclectic Read Pod. Uh, where can people find you guys individually, Susan? Uh, people can find me on Goodreads and Litzy at Rudy Kaicho. That's R U R I underscore K A I C H O U. And Meredith? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Litzy, and Goodreads, all under Mare the Book Gal, M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. 
And you can find me on Goodreads and Litzy at JMT Rivera. That's J-M-T-R-I-V-E-R-A. And on Twitter, I am Dr. Jeanette, D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. Make sure you subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. Come rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That way more people can find the show. And I think that's all for this month. So let's shelve this until next month. Bye.